how is it going everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of this horror podcast titled Expert in the Mids Behind the Legends. And what we do in this podcast is we talk about movies, stories, shows, etc. that of course have to do with the horror genre. Before we start though, I want to ask you guys out there in the audience to please check out our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds in which you are going to be able to find all of our social media links, so our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And you'll also find a link to our online store in which you can score some sweet, sweet, sweet EMBO swag for yourselves. And the topic of today's episode is none other than the 2022 film Prey, which is a prequel in the Predator series of films. Before we start though, we are taking a short little commercial break and then after that, Mariah and I are jumping into the discussion, so stick around. So Mariah, we are now at your segment of the podcast here. And first of all, this is our season nine opener. So how do you feel about that? Super excited. Awesome. So I thought we should open in style and do this movie one because i had never seen it and i've heard or i had heard good things about it and i felt like i should watch it because i'm a fan of the first couple of movies in this franchise the last few ones have been kind of hit and miss i've liked some things about them i have not liked some other things about them but well i guess uh, the topic is chan 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 the movie Prey from 2022. And, well, a couple of first impressions, I guess, on your part. How do you feel about this movie? It was, for me, my first impression was a different take to the originals. Okay, how so? It was a very different setting, I think, because, I mean, I haven't seen the entire first one but i saw pieces of it with my dad and i thought it was it seemed darker than this one and the setting wise and maybe the killings perhaps just a little bit darker and the setting as well it seemed darker in that sense so this definitely and these are my first impressions this definitely is different from the first one in the sense that the first one takes place in the jungle in South America, I believe. And this one takes place in the plains of the North American plains. <laughs> so it's set in the 1700s. So this is a prequel, mind you, to the original movie. So this all happens before the first, second, third, fourth movie in the franchise. This is meant to connect to something that happens in part two at the very end. And basically what happens in part two is that the main guy in that movie, after defeating the Predator, he is given an antique pistol from the 1700s. And in it is the name of one of the people that we meet in this movie. So this kind of connects a little bit. I mean, it's a little Easter egg, but it's still... I thought it was a nice throwback. But, man, I had this whole plan going on in my head because I thought you had seen the first movie. Oh, no! 
<laughs> yeah, my, my dad is a huge fan and he even dressed up as Predator. I have a picture of him in his costume as Predator. And, oh, that's his number one favorite horror movie. So he loves that one. And he's tried forcing me to, of course, to watch um, Terminator and Predator. And I just, I just thought they were too action for me and not horror. So that's why I never fully watched it in one sitting. So I'll, I'm definitely going to watch it, though, for sure, here soon. Both of those movies have elements of horror to them, if you think about it a little bit. Because it's about a quote-unquote monster stalking people and they have to kind of like find a way to defeat it. And they're getting killed one by one kind of thing. Well, except in Terminator, because it's only like three people that die. But um, <laughs> Well, there's a whole scene where... No, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the reason I said that is because I was going to compare the original to this. Not extensively like we did in the hellraiser episode oh yeah but in a way i was kind of because i mean i guess the first thing you mentioned is the setting and yeah the first one takes place in the jungle this one takes place in the plains i mean there is a big expanse of trees and stuff like that there, there are trees in this in this movie there is one whole sequence that's that's like shot in the mist so that's that's a pretty cool sequence i guess we can start with our characters shall we so, main character in this, and uh, you're gonna have to excuse my pronunciation because I'm not familiar with this language. Because, by the way, this movie was shot two different ways. It was shot with the English language version, and also in the language of the Comanche people. So, the people in the movie that are being represented, this is their language, like, in real life. So, when you hear them speaking in, in their language, that is an actual language that they speak in real life. Which I thought was pretty cool. So, our main protagonist is a young girl by the name of Naru. I hope that's correct, the way I said it. And basically, she is a girl in this group, in this tribe, I guess we can call them. And when we meet her, she is trying to break out of the traditional roles in this tribe. So, how do you feel about her? I really loved her character so much. At first... She seemed very, um, just very, I guess, trying to learn a lot and observe how everything is happening and stuff. Um, I feel like she was a, a learner in the beginning of the film. And then I just really, it just, her character just grew on me, on the likeness, for sure. Yes, definitely. And we're going to come back to her in a little bit because I, I do agree with you. I think she starts, I mean, she starts being awesome <laughs> in the beginning anyways. But as the movie goes on, she gets even more awesome. But also we meet her brother, which his name is Tabe. I hope I said that correctly. And we meet other people from their community, from their tribe, like their mother, for example, their chief, their hunting party friends. Stuff like that. And in the first movie, we have, of course, the soldiers, Schwarzenegger, Dutch, and all the other guys, Blaine, and a couple of other people, that Billy, I think one of them's called. And so it's all guys, and they're all armed to the teeth with machine guns and rifles and all this and that. So in this movie, 
the humans don't have that same advantage or the same weapons. Because this happens in the past, before these kinds of weapons are invented. So, when I heard about this movie, I wondered how they were going to do it. Because the Predator is always known for having all this great advanced technology that they hunt people with, or not only people, but different things throughout the universe. And not having guns and stuff like that, I was like, man, how how are they going to do it? So, I was really pleasantly surprised at how they did it. (laughs) So, our main protagonist, Naru, is once again trying to break out from the molds because... I mean, this is one thing that people may, may not like or like or agree or disagree with. But these are the way, or, or this is the way that things used to be back then. And you had, of course, the man going out to hunt animals and hunt for food and stuff like that. And typically the women would stay behind and take care of the kids and prepare the, the food and stuff like that. Like in her case, for example, she learns how to use medicine or healing. And these were roles that were pretty outlined. I mean, it's it's um, pretty obvious that when she tries to go with with her brother and his friends, to go, and, and they're really rude to her, and like they're like, "Get out of here!" Like, no, we don't need a cook. <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, dude!" <laughs> so she's out going like hunting in the forest, and her dog. Oh, so adorable! <laughs> Just it reminded me of my dog, Samara. Just very protective and following everywhere (laughs) and well i'm not a dog person but i like this dog in this movie (laughs) i mean i don't hate dogs don't 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 (laughs) (laughs) but i would prefer cats over dogs any day but this dog is cool in this movie so naru is, is out hunting with her dog and she sees the predator ship in the sky which she comes to believe is a sign for her that she's ready to embark in this hunt trial. And from what I gathered in, uh, in this movie, Mariah, at some point in their life, the people in this group, in this tribe, go out and they're supposed to hunt something that's bigger than them. And if they are successful, then they come back and, and they get named, uh, I believe, I don't know what, what the word is, I'm sorry. But... If they succeed in their hunt, then they are able to, I guess, move up the social ladder. And so she sees the the ship in the sky. And she thought it was her sign. You know what? This is my time. I'm ready. I should go out and and do this. So how do you feel when you first saw that ship in the sky? I was honestly a little freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Um... It also gave me a little bit of an encouragement push for her character at that moment. Like you were saying. Yeah, to kind of maybe take a leader role. Or, I don't know. I don't know. It was like really <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, I was I was freaking out for sure. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because her whole character, I mean, it, it revolves around her trying to do something that is not something that women in her group do as a tradition. So she sees this thing in the sky and she's, you know what, I'm ready. She tells her brother and her brother's like, nah, whatever. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, actually, the, the brother's pretty cool. The brother's nice. He is very 
not protective, but he's very encouraging of her. He is very, very, uh, he, he really pushes her to work for something. So then this is the point in which I believe they are told that one of their friends got taken by a mountain lion. And so the brother, Tabe, and, and his friends go out and hunt. And then she tracks them down in the middle of the night. <laughs> she finds him right away. And this is where... Oh, actually, this is the day. Sorry, it's, I think it's in the day for this. So, they tell her... This is the, the part where one of the guys starts like, No, you know what? We don't need to cook here. We can go, home, we'll go back home, whatever. And the brother's like, No, she's going to come with us and she's going to help us. So, I thought that was pretty cool of her brother. Because... I don't know. I, I think... I don't know how you feel about this. <laughs> but in real life, I feel like sometimes... When there's a group of people... That pressure someone socially they even kind of like put down their own brothers and sisters i don't know if that's ever that's been something you've seen sometimes yes i have seen that where they kind of do get a little not downgrade but um what's that other word i'm not thinking straight not downgrade um belittle there's their younger siblings in front of their friends and it's so icky and i'm really glad my brother didn't do that to me but i have seen i've seen it happen before and it's really unfortunate so i did love this brotherly role that he that he has in this movie i just thought oh part of it was because i guess that's his sister you know he's trying to look out for her but eventually we, we find out that he actually knows she's really good at what she does so he agrees to let her come over and and he said well you better find this this thing because <laughs> all eyes are on you basically and eventually yeah she does find the the camp or the the lair rather of this creature they find the friend and he's all wounded he's got all these scratch marks all over his, his chest and he's like bleeding so she's able to to treat his wounds with basically just herbs and and the uh, natural remedies so they're, they're taking him back and then her brother's like you know what i gotta find this lion and kill it because otherwise it's gonna keep coming back and, and taking our people so she's going back and then she sees the snake because there's a couple of scenes in which the, the predator by this point has been shown behind the scenes oh yes i forgot about that <laughs> uh-huh so that was pretty cool when, when, when you first see him and he's he turns invisible and then there's a really cool shot <laughs> i thought it was pretty cool by the way in which you kind of see a spider or some sort of bug climbing on, on the predator's leg and then you see this like rodent which i thought was a squirrel at first but i think it's some sort of rat the rat eats the bug off the predator's leg and then a snake eats the the, the, the rat whatever and then the predator kills the snake so i thought those were nice little those scenes so i don't know <laughs> Are you, by the way, into watching documentaries and nature stuff like that? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, so this kind of thing didn't bother you? No, no. <laughs> because some people are really like, Ugh, when they learn what actually happens out there in the wild, when, when <laughs> they find out that little bunny rabbits get eaten by birds and, and snakes. <laughs> it is really unfortunate, but I also think it is 
Um, it reminds me of school, just educational purposes. But this just real. This is real life, and that's how it goes. Um, but no, I, I don't get disgusted or anything like that. Yeah, actually, this is like a prime example of the food chain, like the the yes, science I, book. That's the other one I was gonna think about. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about. Um, do you remember when we had to do our? I don't know. Well, I know in Texas it was called tax when in high school. Oh yeah. Or to to test and go on to the second, you know, the next grade up. Yeah. So we would have to do. I think it was called tax. I don't know what it was called, but I do remember that. That was one of the stupid questions on the test. It was like <laughs> the food chain and it talked about a spider or a snake or whatever. And so when you were mentioning that, I just thought about that test. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, Chewy, I'm not in school right now. <laughs> don't test me. I, I don't know <laughs> the order it's supposed to go in. <laughs> well, lucky for you, we saw it on the screen. So we saw the, the book. Yeah. The, the eaten by the rat and then the snake ate the rat so <laughs> that's kind of how it goes yeah that, that's actually hilarious <laughs> but I, I thought it was like a nice little foreshadowing i guess with like you know it's gonna be a lot of uh, hunting and, yes. and chasing around and, and the the top dog so to speak is gonna be the one that wins the days so i thought it was a nice little little scene there i, I thought it was clever so she goes back to to try to find her brother because she sees this snake that was skinned alive with a predator and he or she finds him and he and one of his friends are hunting for the lion the mountain lion and they come up with a plan she's supposed to go up into a tree and kind of kill it because it's, it's supposed to be her 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 prey for this um, hunt that she wanted to go on right so the mountain lion was supposed to be her her prey and eventually she was supposed to go back home with, with the lion with and uh, i guess prove to her people that she was worthy of becoming a hunter but things didn't really go her way because the mountain lion i think kills a friend right there she's arguing yes. with him yes so she's arguing back and forth with him he's being like and eh, whatever like you're not gonna use your weapon just put it away and go home <laughs> And the mountain lion kills a guy. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it's funny when that happened to him because <laughs> he was he was kind of mean to her. Yeah, he was being really obnoxious. <laughs> really? So it's kind of like when you see the bully get what comes to him. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyways, the brother finds something to bait the mountain lion, and she goes up into the tree and she's gonna fight it. But at this time. Again, I think they see or she sees a predator ship in the sky. So she gets distracted for a split second, so the, the lion charges at her. And I think she does manage to hit, to hit it with her spear before she falls down and kind of just knocks herself out. So then she wakes up in her in her home, and her mom is kind of not getting after her, but like, hey, you know, like, what are you doing out there, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then the brother comes back with the with the the lion. So everyone thinks he's the one that killed it and so they celebrate and they name him I believe they, they call him the war chief now. Yes. And she gets upset. So why do you think she got upset at that? 
I think more because she really, like you were saying earlier, how she really wanted the mountain lion to be her prey and hopefully get that respect or honor on her part. And I guess kind of having that not having that title yet is probably really upsetting to her, I think in some way, or trying to wanting to prove that she can, which is also very encouraging that it seemed to me like she didn't give up at all. No, actually on the contrary, I think she was more motivated at seeing her brother be the one that claimed the kill. Yeah. So to me, that speaks a lot about her character because some people will become discouraged. Like, oh man, you know, I, I wasn't good enough. So let me just, I guess, do what I'm supposed to be doing. But I think it speaks to her character that, that uh, instead of giving up, she's like, no, this time I'll find something bigger than what he killed. So I can become more, um, not popular, but I guess so people can recognize her courage and stuff like that. So... The next morning, she wakes up, and you see all the women go out. And I'm assuming, me, uh, from what I gathered in, in this scene, that they're going to go out and gather fruit or, or herbs for their medicine and stuff like that. Because you see all of them kind of start walking into the forest or into the trees. And she goes the opposite way. Which, to me, it's kind of like a... I'm getting old English class in here, Mariah, speaking of school. Okay. <laughs> But I think that that kind of just, again, just symbolizes her, her, her spirit, her desire to, to not be a part of that whole thing. So you see all the women go in one direction. And she's like, no, I'm going to walk in the opposite direction. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do things my way. So did you catch that, by the way? I think so. I was, I was really distracted. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, so I think that's what it means. But I mean, I could be wrong. I, I'm just being, trying to be an intellectual here tonight. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so she starts tracking the predator. And this is when, when things are getting a little interesting, I think. Oh, I'm excited for the next one. Mm -hmm. Because she starts to, to track the, the predator down. And, well, first of all, she finds this whole field of dead buffalo. And she gets really sad. You, you, you can tell she's really sad. Yes. Because she even says a prayer for them before she moves on from that place. And you see the predator is walking right behind her. He has seen her already. Uh, or he knows that someone's trying to find them. So he starts chasing her, but kind of like from a distance. And then you kind of see her go through a couple more things. She actually falls into this mud pit. And if you had seen the first movie, Mariah, you would know the reference. But you haven't seen uh, the first movie. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you what it is. But when I saw the mud pit, I was like, oh, okay, I see it. That is a callback to the first movie. So that means the predator is going to be Aww. close by. Because something happens towards the end of the first movie that involves mud. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. And people that have seen that movie know what that mud means. So when she fell into the, the mud pit, I was like, oh, wow, this is so this, that, that's how she's going to find out so and so that that, that happens. But no, because <laughs> for a minute, it looks like she's going to get get drowned in this in this pool of mud, whatever. And she has 
created this I don't know what to call it, like a rope, right? Yes, and I think it almost looked like a hatchet, I think. Yeah. I think the the in the, the end. Yes, I think that the mom mentions that, that her dad left her left that for her. So Wow. Uh-huh. So the, the the hatchet thing, the the I don't want to call it a tomahawk because I'm not sure that's what it is. But it looks like, like a tomahawk or a hatchet. And she kind of realizes, hey, you know what? If I throw this, I waste too much time walking to it and picking it up again. So right before this scene happens where, where the predator's kind of look, looking for her, she realizes this and she's like, no, you know what? I can do this. So she kind of like creates this rope from tree branches of all things. And she's able to throw it. And from the same place that she's standing at, she can just pull in that rope and the thing will just come back to her again. So kind of like a, not a boomerang because it doesn't come back by itself, but that's, I guess, a similar idea, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at this as she's training and as she's creating these things. I'm like, this, this, this woman is really resourceful. <laughs> yeah, she has all these all these tricks up her sleeve. So, how do you feel about uh, at, uh, knowing that this this woman has all these like resources, all this? She's really smart, isn't she? Definitely, and I think it's probably. I think she like in the beginning, she was observing a lot, and just. I think that kind of helped her in a way and then also to just how brave she is and just trying to think of something and trying to get yourself out of it really quickly she's and it seems that's what the that's what I was getting from is that she's a fast thinker and just Really good at it, too. <laughs> I, for one, can tell you that I never would have thought of that rope idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been throwing my, my axe all over the place and having to run after it and <laughs> pick it up again forever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, throughout this whole movie, you, you see her do all these things, and I'm like, man, I would never be able to do that. And, by the way, would you be able to do things like that? Like, would you be able to survive in the wild if you had to? Um... I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really, um, like, I can live without deodorant and, like, perfume and makeup and stuff and just <laughs> adapt to the sweatiness. I actually like it. Like, I dig it. I, I've gone um, with my dad in the woods before, and that was really fun. So, yeah, I can definitely macho it out you know yeah. <laughs> well i was speaking more along the lines of finding food and shelter but i mean i guess <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess yeah perfume isn't really a concern when you're trying to find a, <laughs> an, an animal to eat yeah i'll just i'll just attract a lot of bugs but i i can definitely adapt to the wilderness and yeah because uh, a little side story here foods. <laughs> a little side story here. So growing up, uh, we would visit my dad's community. My dad was born in this ranching community in Mexico. And when I was a kid, we'd go there pretty much every weekend, every every Sunday at least. And 
I always, I mean, I liked going when I was a little kid, but I always wanted to go back home <laughs> at the end of the day. Aww. Because this place had no electricity, no running water, no, none of those uh, things that we grow used to in the city. So, I for one can tell you that I, I, I don't think I would ever be able to survive in the wild for, for very long. Unless I had, like, canned food and, and uh... <laughs> No, I mean, like, my concern is, is more than that, is, is nourishment, food, and shelter, because... Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, out there, we, we, we'd take our food from the city, and my mom or somebody would cook over there, and, and or if not, somebody would take an animal from the ranch and, and slaughter it and, and feed us. But, yeah, I mean, that, that my, my thing was, like, I never really got used to being there for too long. Like, more than a day, I think I would go crazy. Aww. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just me. and like, it, it speaks as to the kind of person that I am. And I feel I feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we see her doing all these things, right? Becoming really resourceful. And this is the scene that I, it kind of tells me or, or it told me how the stakes were going to be. Because after she's out of the of the mud pit, she washes herself, which again proved my theory of the mud incorrect. But <laughs> then she finds a bear. At this point, and the bear is eating a deer, I think. And she tries to shoot it with her bow, but her bow is messed up because it's been in the water for too long. And then her dog saves her, and I thought that was—I I thought the dog's gonna die in this, and I was like, no. <laughs> because when the bear attacks her the dog the dog's really smart too the dog oh yes runs away and it runs around the bird the bear and the bear runs after the dog and i thought oh no that bear's gonna catch the dog and eat it and i, I was feeling really bad about it already because <laughs> again i'm not a dog person but i, I doesn't mean that i like to watch dogs suffer you know even in movies so I was like, oh man, that dog is done for. Poor poor dog. <laughs> but luckily, no, the dog is able to run after, like run away from the bear and it comes back. And the bear attacks Naru. And she's able to hide in this beaver dam type of thing. But the bear's upon her really quickly. So what do you think when this was happening? I was terrified. I was just thinking, oh no, she might die here because they show the grizzly bear's teeth. Oh yeah. Oh, that was, and then it got so close. It was taking, I think like those branches out. I'm not sure if there were branches, but oh, it reminded me of something. Uh, I can't put my finger on it but man what a crazy scene with all those oh, i'm trying to think about the movie <laughs> a reference movie where it's similar to this where they're underneath oh it's a quiet place oh you know what i haven't seen that one yet oh okay so they have a similar, not a similar, similar, but where they're trying to make no noise and hide underneath something. And so that's what this scene reminded me a little bit, but oh man, 
those teeth, they were so huge on that grizzly bear. And I was just thinking <laughs> that she was going to die. <laughs> she was really in trouble for that, for that scene. And then the bear either hears or feels a predator right behind it at that point. So the bear stops going after her. And it attacks the predator. And for a minute, it kind of looked like the bear was going to win. Oh, yes. Because, I mean, the bear's a huge beast. I, mean, I don't even know how heavy they are. I, I want to say, like, a ton. I don't know, like, a thousand pounds. I don't know how heavy a bear is. But I would put it up somewhere up there. At least. I don't know. And I would say maybe, like, six or seven feet tall. Like, when it's standing on its legs. Its back legs. So it stands up. And it fights the predator for a minute. And it looked like you like it had one because it kind of knocked the predator down and it kind of like scratched it with his paws or his claws, or whatever. And then the predator's like, oh no, hell no. So the predator gets up. And <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part where, where, where it gets it. Like the, the bear charges at the predator and the predator, I, I don't know if he hits it with his with his uh, blades in his hand or just punches it. Because I, I, I think he just punches the bear out. <laughs> and I can just imagine what it would take to punch a bear out in real life. How much force oh. you would need. <laughs> that is scary because I've seen big bears like this in Tennessee at a... Where did I stay? It was at those cabins in the woods in Tennessee. And they literally have a thing at the cabins where they tell you, do not leave any food out because the bears will come and eat it. And those bears are big. <laughs> and I've seen them in near my cabin that I went to in Tennessee. Really scary stuff. And they've shown on TV on the news at times, different times about different big bears. And I'm like, no, it's no myth. They're real. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them with my eyes. And that's what this reminded me of, too. Oh, it's so scary. But, man, I can't even imagine just taking one of those out in Tennessee. Oh, no. Yeah, just go out and punch a bear in the face, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'd probably be eaten alive. <laughs> I would probably taste really good, but, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, mmm, nice, uh, like, dark meat, you know. And stuff. So, yeah. No, of course, cool. I, I, don't, I don't mean for you to actually do it. I just, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Of course not. No, I would never ask you to do that. No, no. But but I was just... <laughs> I was just saying in general to people, like, hey, you, anywhere out there, go out there and punch a bear and see how that goes for you. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do it. I I, yeah. I, I am joking. We're just I, kidding. <laughs> yeah, I am in no way responsible for your life decisions. But I, I would not encourage you to go punch a bear in the face, ever. <laughs> <laughs> but the predator in the movie does exactly that, and it knocks the bear out, and then it, it kind of just, like, splits it in half over its head. Oh... Remember that scene, yeah. like where like it's basically just bathing in the bear's blood, kind of thing. Yeah, I wonder why. What gets the predator? Like, is it excited when it does things like that? I think so. Well, I, I guess I can take a minute here to to kind of go over that with you because you you're not familiar okay. too much with the, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's fine. It's fine. So basically, predators are a tribal type of civilization so they have a lot of technology 
but they also have uh, these codes or these rules that they live by. So at a certain age, the predators have to go out and prove themselves worthy. Kind of like what, what the people in this tribe do. At some point in their lives, they have to go out and find prey to hunt. And then they come back to their planet and they prove to their elders, Hey, you know what? I killed all these creatures by myself. Or I killed this huge like thing just by myself, so I deserve to be one of us, or like recognized as one of us, right? So the similarities between that culture and the and the tribe in this movie, the Comanche tribe, is very similar because that's kind of like a similar thing they go through in, in their life, and I hadn't caught that until now. So part of it is, yeah, they send one of these things usually to a planet. And it's supposed to, to spend some time there and kind of just hunt the most dangerous creatures in that planet. Oh, wow. And if it succeeds, then it can go back and be recognized as, as you know, as a a part of... I, I forgot what the word is that they... Or the term. But they, they gain recognition, right? So they, they can go up the, the social ladder kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess in a way they would be excited, or this one is at least, because it managed to kill the bear, which is a huge freaking creature. And <laughs> it's almost as big as a predator, if not bigger. So for him to be able to lift it up, up, up above his head and then kind of split it in half. It's kind of like him just like, yeah, you know, like I, I, I killed this thing with my bare hands kind of thing. Which is kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> but that's kind of what they're known for. But we learned that in this movie, Mariah, that well, actually you learned it in the, in the franchise, but... Basically, they also have a code of, of honor kind of thing. That if a creature is not powerful enough for them to fight, or if that creature or that person is not in condition to fight them, they'll leave them alone. Oh. It chases after her after it killed the bear. And then when she gets caught in that bear trap, she can't run anymore. She can't fight. He leaves her. To them, it would be dishonorable to kill a, a creature like that. So easily. So that's the reason why it left. It didn't leave because the the hunters were coming. It left because it has this code of honor that, hey, you know what? This, is, this fight isn't worthy of me. It's below me. So I would be dishonored if, if I took her life now. Kind of thing. Oh, I see. That's that's really interesting. I had I didn't even think of it like that in some way. I just thought she wasn't a target. That was my first thought when he left her alone. So that that makes more sense, of course. What I was thinking, I was just thinking, oh, she isn't a threat, or she isn't the target right now or something like that so i didn't even see it the way you explained it the way that she i guess isn't as powerful as a bear would have been and threatening and such so let's say for example if she had tried to attack it even in that state then he would have fought her because nothing's ever really explained to you outright because of course they're aliens they, they they can't speak to you in english whatever 
But throughout the movies, the different movies in the franchise, people see that the way they act and it's like, oh, okay, so then you as a viewer, you, you understand, oh, okay, you know, this is kind of what they, the way they think. And if I can just spoil something for you in, in one of the movies, if you ever see them later on, in one of the movies in the franchise, I, I think it's part two, actually, the Predator is, is looking for someone and he comes across a pregnant woman. Uh-huh. And so he picks her up because I mean, she's got a gun in her, in her hand. He picks her up and then with his little heat vision, he sees she's pregnant and so he just drops her and just keeps walking. So, Whoa. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he considers that to be dishonorable to, to kill someone like that too, so. Wow, so very intelligent. Yeah, intelligent, but As also, well. but also really, um, I don't want to say uh, polite <laughs> because they're not polite. Oh. But uh, there's a word for that, and, and I, it's not really just. They art. just have a different type of cold. Yeah, yeah. So, so he leaves the the, the woman alone, and he go, he goes, he keeps looking for other people, in, in that movie, right? Anyways, <laughs> so the the. The hunters come over and they're French. And by the way, I could understand most of what they were saying. <laughs> uh, because I, I took French in college, so I, I kind of was able to follow along with the subtitles. Because, did you see it with subtitles? Yes, I had it. I had the volume on low because I had part of my headphones not working right. So... Yeah, so I had the subtitles on. <laughs> <laughs> I had them too, and in that part, the subtitles showed up in French. I don't know about, about you. Uh, I yes, yes, it did. I didn't understand anything. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, well, I did, I did not. Okay, no, I that's, did. Well, that's good that you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just showing off here today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but uh, I was. Uh, surprised that the, the subtitles showed up in French and I was like, hmm. And basically they were just being obnoxious and, and annoying to her. Uh, basically calling her names, stuff like that. They call her a savage. They call her like all these things. They have become aware of the predator. They don't know what it is, but they know that it's out there. And they want to hunt it. And they know that she has seen it. So that's that's when the, the this guy comes over and he speaks to her in English. So we understand that as the audience, but in in the in the movie, he's supposed to be speaking to her in her own language, in the Comanche language. So that's why she's surprised to understand like when when she's or he speaks to her and she understands him. So he's like, hey, you, you should be helping us because there's this thing out there and we want to kill it, so come on, help us. He's trying to be nice to her, but then when she's, she doesn't say anything, this one guy brings out her brother and he, like, cuts the, the brother's chest open. Not all the way, but kind of just, like, slices his chest and starts bleeding. And then she sees that they captured her dog, too. So then the next morning, they tie her and her brother in this tree whatever. And basically, they are trying to use them as bait for the Predator. So this is another scene, Mariah, in which we see how the Predator doesn't care for that. 
Because instead of going for them, the easy kills, he goes for all the other guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, this is, I think, not my favorite scene of the movie, but I think it's my second favorite scene in the movie. Actually, okay. yeah, my second favorite scene. Because of how the Predator just kind of just annihilates this group of, <laughs> of hunters. So, how do you feel that watching this guy just kind of kill everyone left and right? I guess my first impressions were, man, these dudes were so evil. Yeah. <laughs> All the French men. Um, so, I was, I was like, yay, Naru and brother are going to escape type of thing. And hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was more happy for them. But also because, you know, those French people, French men in the in that scene, they're just kind of horrible. How do you feel about the gore factor in this? Was that good for you? Were you happy with all the... Um, I, I wouldn't say it was a 1 through 10, 10 being the best, like, 10 being really amazing, so <laughs> I would probably give it, like, a strong 2 on the gore. 2? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> you are so hard to please, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, I would have given this, like, a 7. Wow. Really? A 6 or a 7 on, on, the, on, the, on the gore. Because he basically just kind of kills, what, like, 20 of them in one scene? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't just kill them. I mean, he, like, dismembers them. He cuts their heads off. He, like, opens them with his hook hand, whatever. <laughs> so he gets creative. I mean, he, he doesn't just kill them like, in one way. He, he finds different ways to dispose or dispatch all of these guys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, ah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I, I, I was kind of cheering for the Predator in this scene, actually. And uh, then he's got, you find out he's got a shield, too. He's got some sort of shield in his, in his uh, little bracelet thing. And if you're familiar oh, with, yeah. yeah. The, in the Predator universe, Mariah, the, that bracelet in his hand is really important to them. It's kind of like Batman's belt. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Because they're able to, to use that as, as weapons, and they, ha they hide all these things in, in their... Well... I don't want to spoil too much for you in case you ever do watch the other movies, but it, it's really, yeah, <laughs> that's really like, it, it really uh, helps them with stuff. I'll just say that. <laughs> so yeah, this, this Predator just kind of just kills everyone left and right. And then Tabe and Naru become untied because she's able to use the bear trap to break the, the rope that they're tied with. And so they split up. He says he's going to go find horses. And she goes back to find her dog at the French camp. And I guess it's a good thing you don't understand French, Maria. But I did understand what the guy said. And I was like, whoa. Because oh, no. when she comes back, she sees they're going to kill the dog, right? Two of them are talking to each other. And then... One of the guys just picks up a knife. He's like, oh, and he kind of starts walking to the dog. So basically what they exchanged was, well, what do we do with the dog? Well, it's like, well, 
what are we gonna do? We gotta escape because this thing's after us and we gotta like regroup and, and find a way to trap it, whatever. And then one of the other guys says, well, what about the dog? And the guy that's gonna like stab the dog is like, well, I like dog, I'll, I'll eat it. <gasps> yeah, it, it tastes better than beaver meat or something like that. And I was like, whoa. Dude. <laughs> whoa. So this guy, that, horrible. he was gonna kill the dog to eat it. So I was like, oh, dude, that's, that's, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah. So this is when she comes back and she is able to kill, I think, four or five of them by her by herself. And I thought this scene was pretty cool, too. Where she goes back and rescues her dog and she fights all these guys by herself. She's definitely a skilled fighter in case you still have any doubts. She's able to dispose of four or five guys by herself. And I want to kind of put a parenthesis on this real quick. Because, I don't know, I think some people were like not into this movie because it was a, a, a woman protagonist. And I'm like, well, why does that, why does that even matter, right? But I mean, some people were not okay with that for some reason. And, and it's like, oh, it's because it's not realistic. And we'll do like, you got a, like, a, a seven foot tall alien that's stalking people in, in, the, <laughs> in the plains of, of America here. And I mean, come on. So, to me, the way that, that we have seen her get to this point is we've, we have seen her training. And based on, on, on what happens in the beginning, you can assume that she's been training throughout a long time. So it's not like she magically becomes a skilled warrior overnight. She has been uh, working at it for a while. And then there's movies where, where women are also kind of like the same thing as, as she is, like where they fight different people. And, and Tomb Raider, there's a few scenes in which she, she does similar stuff to this. Wonder Woman, but I guess Wonder Woman, she has superpowers, so whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she still does it. I mean, she still defeats all these people, whatever. So I, I didn't really see that as a problem. I don't know. But anyway, so I, I just wanted to mention that real quick because some people had a problem with it out there. And I didn't. I thought she was awesome. What about you? What do you think about her? I really, really liked her a lot at the, at, in this scene. Because she does get to rescue her dog. Yeah, that was really cool just to see her as a hunter. Yes, I I like this, this protagonist. She I, I, I liked her <laughs> quite a bit, actually. She was pretty cool. And, well, so she rescues the dog. And then her brother comes... Uh, well, this is actually the part where the, the one of the French guys, the one that was kind of nice to her, the only one that was nice to her, he shows her how to use the gun because part of his leg is cut off. And she, so she cures him. She basically trades the medicine for the gun, right? So she keeps the gun. And the predator comes in at this point and it kills the French guy that was left that she got the gun from. And it looks like she's going to get killed by the pressure, but then her brother comes over and saves her. And this is another one of my favorite scenes in the movie, where the brother and her fight the, that thing together. And for a minute, it kind of looks like they have the upper hand. Because the predator actually turns invisible at this point. 
which is something that if you know their their again their their culture their code of honor whatever that's not something they would normally do so to me it kind of feels like this thing was afraid for a minute to me that's the impression that i got i think this thing was like whoa, whoa, whoa. i'm a little bit surprised by what's going on here so let me just kind of go to turn invisible one and think for a minute here that's the impression that i got at least my, my opinion is that this this thing was scared that they were starting to get the upper hand on him and that is when he sneaks behind the brother and kills him so i was like wow man that's, that's low for a predator oh that was that was a brutal scene now i know i do I have a very high rating of gore, but this this scene where the predator kills the brother, that scene, even though it's not super red gory, it still was pretty brutal. Just the way it came behind him, behind the brother, and murdered him. And that scene, oh, wow. That was, that was the scene that got me. Where I was like, whoa, 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 ow, ow, ow. I was just in pain. <laughs> I was just imagining, thinking, what if somebody did that to me and my, um, exactly where, where they, um, where the predator got him. And I just thought, ow, how much, how much pain is that? That's crazy. And it looked like a very brutal scene. So even though it wasn't super gory, that one, to me at least, in this entire movie, that scene was brutal, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Like the way he picked him up and he like, well, he stabbed yeah. him with his claw hand and he kind of just lifted him up in the air and he's kind of just like, oh, like in great pain. And he's going to go after, after um, Naru now. And the brother's able to, with his last breath, kind of stab him in the leg. Oh, with a skull yeah. head or something uh -huh. that we, I think we saw the skull in the beginning of the film mm -hmm. that, that was, he used. I, th I think he used the, the, the skull of the wolf he hunted. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. That was really interesting. Um, and also a quick note here. When I, when I say brutal, I, I just remember always, well, I mean, always playing Mortal Kombat. And they say finish him and stuff uh -huh. in the game. And so <laughs> that's what this reminded me of, of how, how brutal it was. Because the predator picked him up. And, oh, wow. That, it took me back to playing Mortal Kombat and that brutal <laughs> part of it. It's, it, whoa. It just, it just really pained me. Mm -hmm. so yeah i just wanted to say that reference more no yeah combo. definitely i mean it, it is a pretty graphic scene a pretty pretty violent death i think i forgot to mention that she gives medicine to the the french dude and then when the predator comes she notices that the, the, the he can't see the guy on the floor and that's because earlier on in the movie it's established that this medicine, this this plant, actually reduces the body temperature. Oh. 
So that's why the predator couldn't see oh. the guy on the floor. Uh-huh. So that's why the, the predator couldn't see the guy on the floor, because he uses heat vision to find this, his uh, prey. Oh, wow. And if your temperature is too low, then he can't see you. That is pretty cool. So she's picking up on these things, right? Little by little. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the predator kills her brother, so she runs. And she finds one of the French hunters, the really obnoxious one, the really annoying one, in the river. So she knocks him out. And then she actually cuts off one of his feet or something like that. Because he's the one that cut her, her brother's chest earlier. The same dude. And she tells oh. him. She tells him, oh, you made my brother bleed, so now I'm going to make you bleed. <sighs> she's already set up a few things around the, this place that she's going to use to her advantage. And one of the things she does is she takes some of that plant, some of that medicine that she makes. And she's able to sneak. Actually, she doesn't sneak. She's standing. And the Petra walks right next to her without seeing her. And then he, the, the, the thing goes and, and kills the last French dude. And that is when she sneaks behind him and shoots him in the back of the head. And you would think that's, that's going to be enough, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw her kind of just lining up the shot. And I thought for a minute it was going to be a misfire again. That <laughs> she wasn't going to be able to shoot it. But she did. And that didn't stop this, this predator thing. But it did knock his face mask off. Which is important because she picks it up later and she puts it in this place. And so she fights it. And this is actually my favorite scene in the movie. When she's fighting this, this predator... This is my favorite sequence of the whole movie. Because she is fighting this thing one-on-one. -on -one, but she's not only using strength. She's using all her... her uh... ah, what's the word I want to use here? I don't want to say tricks, but they kind of are tricks, aren't they? In a way. Yeah. I guess all of her knowledge yeah, yeah, that uh -huh. she has gathered throughout mm -hmm. the experience. Yeah, so she's moving really fast and she's like trying to stay out of this thing's way. And, and whenever she can, she gets a, a blow in here. She gets a slice in there kind of thing. And eventually she's trapped by the purchase shield because it looks like he's going to cut her head off with the shield. Oh, yeah. And then she actually rips one of his teeth off and, like, stabs him in the eye with it or something. Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine what it would take to rip... I would cry. <laughs> what would it take to rip out a teeth from, like, a tiger or something and, like, stab him in the eye? <laughs> oh, that is... That is pretty brutal. I mean, obviously, it's not the same thing, right? Obviously, but... but... <laughs> But how cool and scary. So she escapes because she stabs this thing in the eye. And so, of course, the predator's all, like, dizzy, whatever. Not dizzy, but, like, stunned. 
like in Mortal Kombat, I guess, in the finishing thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes, because they, they do stumble a little bit uh, yeah, they, when they kinda, they're about yeah. to fall on the floor. Yeah, they kind of stagger for a bit. And so he's kind of like surprised at her. And then she calls her dog to help her. And the dog kind of like knocks the predator or, or bites him or something. And she knocks him into that same mud pit that she fell into earlier. And it's not with the idea of him drowning in it, I don't think, because she had set up the, the, the helmet in a very specific place. It was facing right at the mud pit. Because she had realized, Mariah, earlier on, that that helmet, when the predator shot his arrows, wherever the lights pointed to, that is where the arrows went to. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I was really a little confused with this part. Just a little bit. So, yeah, you're definitely explaining why I was like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, they're not really arrows. They're kind of like bolts. So so the bolts he, he shoots from his bracelet thing, whatever, from his arm bracelet, they kind of had like a tracking system that where the, the laser pointed to is kind of like a laser target. So they would kind of go and, and find that target and, and just hit that target. And that is why when, when the lights point at his face, those bolts circled around and they just hit him square in the eyes or whatever. So. Wow. So at the very end, she goes back to her, her tribe with the predator's head in her hand. And she is painted with his blood. Like the, the, the face paint that she wore, she, I don't know if she took that off or not, but I think she kind of just smeared some of this thing's blood on her face. Yeah, so now she's recognized at, at a, as a hunter by her tribe. So that's kind of where the movie ends, right? Did you notice or did you see, catch the, the little animation at the end? No, I did not. <sighs> I think I had ended it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was right before the credits started that they show a little animation of the entire movie. But that animation was actually created based off of paintings that were made by real Comanche people for the movie. Whoa. I think I read that here somewhere in either IMDb or, or uh, Wikipedia. That is so cool. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch that part. <laughs> it's really short. It's maybe like a minute or two long, but it, it's really cool. And there is one thing at the very end, though, that at the very end, there's a panel where they show a ship in the sky kind of going into where the tribe is at. So maybe they're hinting at a sequel. Wow. How would you feel about a sequel to this? I think I would actually like it. And also, I before I watch it, I'm going to watch the originals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. If there is. I would say at coming. least watch the first two. Predator 1 and 2 from the 80s and 90s. Watch those. The other ones you can kind of skip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're okay movies, but 1 and 2 are, are, to me, the best. And this one, I would say, is just as good as uh, Part 2, if not better than Part 2. Oh, I would even say it's as good as the original in some parts. That's very interesting. 
yeah definitely uh it's to me it's 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 one of my favorites in the whole franchise i'll give you that much for sure top three for sure you got anything to add maria before we move on to the scores yes yes i do i have some fun facts so actually when this movie came out last year on hulu it was debbie oh is it, am i saying it wrong it um deb you tip at number one on hulu oh, cool. and it was the biggest movie premiere in the streaming service history wow so that's pretty amazing and it was also released 35 years after the original predator from 1987 and also the predator never uses his voice box to mimic a character's voice back at them in this film so that was really interesting because I, I do remember that part in the original i haven't seen all of it but i do remember um yeah. the originals where they they mimic the, the characters so i was i didn't even catch that until i i read about it and i was like oh hey that's uh, different from the originals yeah definitely i, I hadn't noticed that actually in, in the first couple of movies there's some scenes where the predator kind of mimics and it sounds really creepy oh that is so cool <laughs> also yeah that's, that's pretty cool i want to go back to something that i mentioned earlier uh without getting political or all this kind of thing whatever i do feel like this movie was great at representing both women and native americans for sure and I was reading some of the, the opinions of this, this film on some websites. And the majority of people seem to agree with that. They seem to think that it is one of the best movies in the franchise. They seem to also think that Naru is a great character as a whole. And that the culture of this tribe was represented fairly well in this movie. And actually, that might have been because one of the producers, Maria, is actually a Comanche member. Oh, that is so amazing. Oh, it makes the movie so, so much representation in that. That is so good. Yeah, so they actually had somebody there working as a producer and a consultant. So he was the one that was saying, hey, add this because that's, that's kind of what my people do. Or don't do that because we don't do that kind of thing. And actually, there was one quote that I had here somewhere that I want to I wanna mention here. Yeah, here it is. In a script that they had written for this earlier, there were no horses at all. They didn't use horses. And the, this person that was hired as a consultant, his last name is Myers. I can see if we can find his first name right now, but his last name is Myers. And he was quoted as saying, hey, um, we are a horse, a horse culture, so we need horses in the script, basically. <laughs> like, uh, so that is when they, they wrote that scene in which the, when, when the brother Tavio rescues Naru, he's, he's riding a horse, right? Oh, yeah. So that whole scene was created like that or was, was written like that because what, what he said, like, hey, we got to have some scenes where they use the horses to hunt or to fight because... That is part of our culture. So wow. I thought that was pretty cool. That is. That's so amazing. Definitely. It's it's a great film. 
great for representation of both women and Native Americans, like I said. And it's done in a way that's not... Um, I don't want to use the word insulting because it's... No, it's... Uh, it's done in the best way they could have done it, I think. Uh, they're not playing to any stereotypes, I don't think. They're not playing to anything negative. And again, that might have been because they actually had a consultant that's a Comanche member. So, how do you feel about that? I think that is so amazing when they do bring someone who knows a lot and, and everything about their culture and history in that sense. And I think that's so important. That is that I do see that is lacking a lot still in today's movies that are being made with different cultures um, from around the world and stuff. And, um, and even in Hispanic, like, I feel like we're kind of seeing a little bit more Hispanic roles in horror films, which I think is really cool to see. But um, for the longest time, there really wasn't as much Len people in horror movies either. So um, that is so amazing that there, I, I hope, I hope that there will be more representation of all kinds of cultures and everything. I think that is so important to represent all people and stuff. And that makes me so happy. Yeah, I agree with you, definitely, for sure. And I want to say that, for me, I would like to see it done like this. Where, again, they're not playing to stereotypes. They're not right. making a caricature out of anyone's culture, or anybody, for that matter. So, I do think it's important that we should have more of that stuff. And there are people out there who don't, who aren't comfortable with that idea. And, and that's I'm not, I'm not even going to go into that, really. But... It really does make a person feel like, hey, you know what? That's cool. Like, uh, you know, there, there's people like me on the screen, and it's a different feeling. I, I can tell you that much. I mean, like, like, like you say, like, I haven't seen a lot of Hispanic people in horror movies in general. And whenever I do, it's like, hey, that that's Mexican or that dude's like Puerto Rican, or whatever. But hey, he's 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 Hispanic, he's Latino, whatever. So there is a, a certain kind of feeling to that, but at the same time, Mariah. I wouldn't want it to be done because it's something they feel they have to do, you know? Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, like if they're going to do it, it should be done in the same way this film was done. Natural. Yeah. I would like for them to bring people in that actually know the culture and, and that they take their opinions into consideration, like they did with, with this person for this movie. When they mentioned the horses and they added the horses and that made the scene a lot better, actually. Uh, but they did that because it's part of their culture, see? And, and when you have somebody that actually knows that and they take their opinions into account and they actually use their ideas for something in the movie that's going to make it better, I mean, that's that's what I would like to see more of. Um, so, for sure, I mean, I, I definitely do hope that, that we see more of that. I definitely do hope, personally, that I see a sequel to this at some point because I would love to to see more of, of uh, Nabe's story, for sure. And 
I do want to mention one more thing before we move on. I got a couple of fun facts myself, Mariah. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> so, the dog in this movie actually makes it, and I was, I was happy to see the dog made it. I was, I was kind of afraid that the dog was going to die in the final battle, but it didn't. It survived. So, I was like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> but the dog, Mariah, in real life actually was a rescue dog. So the dog's name is Coco, like the movie, Coco, and their breed is the, uh, they're called the Carolina dog. And so these dogs are descendants from the first dogs that lived in, in what eventually became the U.S. up to 16,000 years ago. Whoa. So that's how long this breed of dog has been around, or at least, you know, they started being around that time, so. Wow, that's huge. Uh-huh. And actually, again, this, this dog was rescued for the for the movie. They found it in a shelter, I think. And they, they only trained this dog for two months, Mariah. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, my, my <laughs> Samara, she's a rescue dog, too. And... Thankfully, when I speak to her in Spanish, too, I'll say, siéntate. She also sits down, too. So it's really cool. I can I can also speak Spanish to her, and she understands me. But what, they are so smart. Rescue dogs. But wow, in, in the span of two months, that's really fast, I think. But they are so intelligent. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing that the, these dogs have been around for so long, and that this dog to me like is wow two months of training and it, it was a super big part of the movie you would have thought this dog had been trained for years <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah like a celebrity dog <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so maybe we'll see this dog in more movies down the road <laughs> that would be so cool so i had another one here and it had to do with the predator himself that um the actor that played the predator actually played all the scenes without a stunt double. Oh! So all the jumping around, all the... I mean, I, I, I guess they used CGI for some of that, mind you. But basically all the fight scenes, all the, the close-ups, that was an actual guy in a suit. Wow. And the, the other thing is that there are different kinds of predators. They're not all the same. So, okay, so they're very unique. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like people in a way because they, they have different groups and every group has different characteristics physically. So, for example, in the first two movies, those predators are very similar because they're, they're from the same group kind of thing. The one in this movie looks very different. So when you do see the first movie, Mariah, you're going to notice right away, this predator looks different. But it's because it's part of a different group of the same species. Oh. So it's kind of like uh, a German Shepherd looks nothing like a poodle, but they're both dogs kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's a different group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of an extreme comparison, mind you. But but still, I mean, this one looks different, and it's because it's part of a different uh, group within the same planet kind of thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. But the thing I was going to say that before that was that this guy was... Shorter than the one in the first movie by like almost half a foot. 
Whoa. Big difference. Yeah, the guy that played the Predator in the first movie was over seven feet tall. The guy in the suit for the wow. first movie. This guy was only six, six or six, seven. So how do you feel about that? <laughs> that is so what a, I don't know. It's it's what a difference in height wise. Yeah. I mean, imagine I, I would imagine that that uh, um, that Naru was maybe like my height. <laughs> Yeah. Like five five, maybe five six or something like that. So, because I mean, the the predator looks huge, and again, they they might have used CGI for that for to make it look like he was taller than he actually is. But yeah, it, it's a big difference in height. I mean, I can just imagine fighting a seven foot tall creature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I would make it to be honest. So, anyways, Mariah, anything else you got to add before we move on to our sports tonight? Nope. Alright, so, how many skull helmets does this movie get from you, and why? Mm, I'm going to give it a seven. A seven? Okay. And the reason why is because it, I was actually really interested in this film because my dad is a huge fan of the predator series and i didn't think i was going to like it as much but i actually did it makes me want to watch the original <laughs> so it convinced me actually to watch the originals just because i do want to learn about the predator and the storyline and everything like that so yeah, I would say this one is definitely good. I think mainly because of Naru. <laughs> so I think that's why I definitely was a fan of that. So I'm going to give this movie a higher score than you are, or than you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to give this a 10, to be honest. It's, oh, that's good. That is how much I liked it. And so I'm going to give it a 10 because I really liked this film. It was very, very well done. I was very happily surprised to see how good it was. Because I heard good things about it. And mind you, I've heard good things about other movies and I ended up not liking them at all. <laughs> like Midsummer, for example. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying that. <laughs> we're we're forever like uh, what's that word? Haters, um, uh, haters, <laughs> shading, yeah. throwing shade. Okay, sorry out there if any of you guys out there is a fan of Midsummer. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't like your favorite movie, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a thousand times, I would say, different and. Just good, <laughs> just good, good. Mind you, they're, they're completely different films, but but still, man. It's, yeah, it's different, different films, different but good, of... good. This this movie gives you good feelings afterwards. It did to me. The honestly. end of the movie. So that was that was a different light. <laughs> yeah. Even if I mentioned this before, I want to say it again. The cast was entirely made of, of except for the French people, of course. It was entirely made of of a. Uh, Native American actress. So, the brother, 
the actor that played the brother, this was his first movie ever. Wow! That's so interesting. He did so good. <laughs> I'm not sure if the actress who played Naru, her name is Amber Mid-Thunder. I'm not sure if she's been in other movies or TV shows, but she did really good too. I mean, I was really, really... Uh, I don't want to say satisfied, but I mean, I really liked her performance. She did really, really good to me, in my opinion. It's it's one of the the best movies I've seen in a, in a long time. The way she played the role was awesome. How about Mariah the Predator? How many skulls does he get out of 10 and why? Oh, that is hard. Um, I mean, we have the scene where, of course, um, the brother and sister run or escape and stuff. And that was a really cool scene when he's taking other people down. Um, mm -hmm. And then the brutalness. Oh, man, that is so hard. <laughs> I'm going to give it maybe... I, would, I think a, an eight would probably okay. do. Because it, it gave me different emotions throughout the film. Um, of course, we I loved seeing Naru of course, escape, but there were some brutal scenes from her family just ripped me apart. And in the end, we get that victory. So it was good seeing that. So it had, I felt like someone was breaking up with me <laughs> <laughs> and then seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> That's how it felt <laughs> with the Predator in this movie. But it was good. I, I really did. Yes, I think an 8 is probably good. That is definitely a weird w way of putting things, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we're here for, my friends. So. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you and give him an 8 too. Because the reason why, Chan Chan Chan, is that I liked the fact that this predator was different from the other ones and i also like the fact that he didn't have the same technology still he had similar weapons similar technology but if you think about it it makes sense because this movie mariah is set like 250 years in the past 300 years in the past so it makes sense for them to not be as advanced as they would be in the other movies which take place in the 1900s, 1980s. So, I think that to a point makes sense. I do think this Predator was a little bit more careless than others. Typically, they like to sneak around, they don't like to be seen. And they like to be quiet. Unless they've been spotted and at that point they go into like... Um, what is that that term? Not fight or flight because they, they they never run away really. But they go into like the offensive, I guess. Which this one did, but he was kind of careless. He was getting injured all the time. Like the the wolf managed to bite him. The bear punched him out for a minute. <laughs> um, he was shot with arrows and guns a whole bunch. So, in other movies, the other predators were a little bit more careful, more sneaky more stealthy so that is why i took two points off because he seemed too careless to me compared to the other ones but then again he's from a different group so they might just be a little bit more wild or more reckless so 
that is my two cents on that. So I gave the movie a 10. I gave the Perjure an 8. You gave the movie a 6, right? 7. A 7. And you gave this guy an 8. So, all right, Maria, I guess that will conclude our episode on, on Prey from 2022. I am very happy that we got to watch this film. Really, really happy. And I might be watching this again sometime very soon. Because that is how much I liked it. And it's really rare for me to like a movie that much in the first time that I watch it. But this, <laughs> this one really, really, really... Uh, it's going to sound weird, but it tickled my fancy, so to speak. <laughs> because it's what I was looking for. And uh, the other movies in the franchise, starting with the third one, they're missing a lot of what happened here. Like a lot of the tension, a lot of the back and forth between the humans and the predator. A lot of the... The things that made the first and second movies so iconic, in my opinion. It may actually be my favorite in the franchise. I mean, I like the original a lot, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. It's up there. <laughs> it's really, really up there. So it's going to be kind of hard for me to say if somebody tells me which one's your favorite movie. I'm like, ah, uh, the first one or Prey? I don't know. I guess they're going to have to like fight for first place at some point. <laughs> <laughs> That would be so cool to see a, a standoff between the one from the 80s, Predator, and then this yeah. Predator, like, fight for the trophy. <laughs> like a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> Versus. Yes, I think for the next, Mariah, the next episode, I was going to give you the following options. I was going to say Megan, which is on Peacock. And also there's uh, Violent Christmas, which is also on Peacock. So which one do you think we should go with for next episode? Megan! Megan, right? Yes, because I am a doll freak. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, and that's why I, I chose to, to put that on the table for you, because I, I knew you would oh, go for that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you can even, I, I, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Just, <laughs> and yeah. you should be happy to know that the one on Peacock is the unrated cut, so it's gonna have more gore oh. than the actual movie theater version. Have you seen yeah. it, by the way? No, I haven't. I just added it to my stuff because I saw a commercial on Hulu. Actually, it said um, now streaming only on Peacock, and it was Megan. Yeah. And I was jamming out to the song. It was it was a doll <laughs> song that was in the movie. That's in the movie, and. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I don't even care if it's not gory. It's just creepy when it's a doll, I think, and just a little person. That's how <laughs> I see myself. I see myself as a creepy little person. And, yeah, it makes me super excited. So I'm excited about that. I want to see that movie, actually. And it is the unrated cut, so there are scenes that got cut from the movie version, the, the movie theater version. So Wow. I don't know how many scenes, but I mean, it's going to be more than a few for sure. Because the movie theater version was PG-13. <laughs> uh-huh. And this one is unrated, so I'm guessing they probably added more blood to it or, or more kills. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what's in store for that one. So, all right. I guess we are finally done, Mariah, with our episode for, <laughs> for tonight. I want to thank you again for joining me. Of course. <laughs> It was in what was our season nine opener, so I think we did pretty good for an opener in this season. And I can't wait to see what other movies we do after Megan. 
And to the fans out there, the audience, I want to thank you also for listening, for spending some time with us, listening to our rants and opinions about this movie. I do definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. And I also want to remind you to please find us on linktree.com slash lgds because that is where you will find all of our social media links like Twitter, Instagram, etc. And I also want to ask you if you're listening to us on a service that allows you to score podcasts to give us a top score because we are cool like that, aren't we, Mariah? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So having said that, I want to once again, thank you guys out there. And I want to ask you to stay away from weird invisible shapes in the forest. I want to ask you to <laughs> stay away from three laser points that are, are going to target you with bolts that are going to chase you forever. <laughs> And until we see you on the next one, have a good one.